It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Mauled in Motown, the commanders go to one and one after a disappointing day in Detroit. Our reaction coming up here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Come and join us. You are Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Commanders fans, good to have you with us right here on this episode of the Locked On Commanders podcast after a terrible, terrible afternoon in Detroit for the Washington Commanders. I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you again with us. We are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and the WUSA 9 Plus app, your CBS affiliate Washington, D.C. They have a new streaming app that's a game changer for local news and sports in the DMV. Why don't you go and download the WUSA 9 Plus app from your Roku or Amazon Fire TV stick. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My partner, David Harrison, is on special assignment in New Orleans with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Meanwhile, you're stuck with me. Hi. How are you? I'm Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Medhurst show on the Team 980, which you can find live Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to noon or anytime, along with this show on the Odyssey app. Today's episode of Locked On Commanders is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick between two and five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money. On your entry, first-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. That's PrizePicks.com, and use the promo code Locked On. All right, so away we go. Listen, I wish I could come in here and talk about a 2-0 start. I knew it wasn't going to be easy. I picked the uh, Lions to win, and that they did, and that's our main storyline and how we kick off the show. 
uh, on this post-game into Monday edition. And this will serve, again, as our full Monday edition. The Commanders lose 36-27 to at Ford Field in Detroit. They put in a nice comeback effort, sure, in the second half. But listen, guys, I'm just going to shoot straight, whether you like it or not. Many of you don't like honesty. Many of you don't like honesty. Many of you think I'm an idiot and you think I'm too harsh and whatever. You're wrong, but many of you don't like honesty. Some of you do. Don't be fooled. 36-27 doesn't sound all that bad, even though it was on the road, even though it was the Detroit Lions. Yeah, the team that was on hard knocks. Yes, the team that had the number two overall pick. Listen, the score is what it is, but it certainly was not that close in reality. It didn't feel that close. And maybe that's a matter of semantics, but this team was completely manhandled and outclassed in almost every way by a team that's not more talented than them across the board and arguably isn't better than them, although today they were. And maybe they are. Maybe they are. Maybe the Lions are better than the Commanders. But a team that played with their hair on fire and with a much, much, much greater sense of urgency. A team that did not want to go 0-2 at home, which is what I feared, a scenario that I feared. David and I talked about that. I know Pete and I talk about it on the radio all the time. We've got a lot of time to kill, right? This commander's team, I thought, seemed, and so did the fan base, very content, very fat, rich, and happy. And who am I to call anybody by the first turn, right? But my point being is, It felt like, oh, hey, we won week one. We're great. We're awesome. We scored 28 points. In reality, as we said post-game edition last week from FedEx Field and throughout the week, the Jacksonville Jaguars really beat themselves. The commanders helped, and the commanders won the game. But Jacksonville really beat themselves. And if Detroit doesn't beat themselves and or if Detroit doesn't leave opportunities and therefore points on the cutting room floor, the Washington Commanders were going to be in a lot of trouble. And that they were, guys. Again, 36-27, the final score. That doesn't tell you and really indicate how bad stretches of this game, like the entire first half were for the Washington Commanders. In a nutshell, it was one of the worst first halves of a game that you're ever going to see in all three phases of football, plus the coaching staff. I mean, I've been attending Commanders games for 14 years or something like that. Uh, I've been covering the team, you know, from afar before that in person since 2009 at so many games, not every game, uh, but so many games used to travel with the team, all that road games, home games, broadcast booth, everything. I don't remember many first halves that were that atrocious, that atrocious again, in every phase, offense, defense, special teams, coaching, Every phase. They were simply not ready to play. They were simply unprepared. They came in like they took, as I cracked on Twitter, the commander's crews that they're offering to you fans. Like they took that to Detroit and like they were on vacation. I have no answer for how desperate the Lions looked and how urgent they looked and how unurgent, if that's a term, the commanders looked. I, I don't ever want to say they didn't prepare. I don't want to ever say they didn't give any effort, but it sure as heck played out on television as if they had zero, zero energy and zero hustle and zero 
Um, Again, urgency is the best way I could put it. Detroit played with their hair on fire. The commanders did not. They simply weren't ready to play the game. I mean, it's all there is to it. And everyone that watched the first half knew that. Yes, they made a nice comeback in the second half, but also made some mistakes to short-circuit that comeback. We'll talk about that as we move forward. It just wasn't enough. And they also didn't play well enough defensively in the second half, again, in order to prevent the Detroit Lions from doing what they needed to do to finish off the win. All right, so to me, as we circle back on the first half in this game, really, it was about big plays in the first half. Uh, a 50-yard run from DeAndre Swift, a 49-yard catch and run from Amon Ra St. Brown, and a 52-yard free kick return off of a safety. Not to mention all the sacks, the safety that I just mentioned for Detroit. That's what the first half was about. Again, complete annihilation. The second half, again, much better. Washington put some heat on, but a costly turnover on an interception thrown high and behind Logan Thomas. That killed some momentum. A controversial decision on a call by Ron Rivera to not kick an extra point and instead go for two, down eight points. That seemed to deflate the crew. Detroit answered with a touchdown. And really the play of the game, which was just backbreaking, a third and 15, 22-yard catch, fall, and run by DeAndre Swift on, again, third and 15, in which Jack Del Rio decided to blitz both Cole Holcomb and Jamin Davis, and he almost got home. Jamin Davis was right in Jared Goff's face on third and 15, and there was no linebackers on the field when DeAndre Swift uh, fell and after catching the football, after it was just barely over the fingertips of Deron Payne. Somebody said Deron Payne deflected it. I didn't see that, but maybe he did. Whatever. DeAndre Swift got up, and Bobby McCain was like a fish out of water, couldn't bring him down, and DeAndre Swift motored into the end zone in Motown for a big touchdown late in the third quarter. All right, coming up, we're breaking down the offense and the defense, and boy, did they break down. Overall, after a wild loss, if you will, for the Commanders, right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast, I'm Chris Russell, and we're here for our friends, that's right, at Price Picks. That's right, PricePicks.com, guys, is the place you want to go. we got a double Monday night affair for you to get in on all the action, plus the Thursday night action, both NFL and college football, prize picks and prizepicks.com is where you want to go check out. They're so easy to play. Get in on all the action. Uh, again, you can listen uh, to our advice or you can check out the guys at prizepicks.com because they're doing the work for you. They have all sorts of projections on the quarterbacks, the running backs. Say you like Kirk Cousins in the Monday night at Philadelphia for Minnesota game right, to go more than his passing yards projection. That's one of the players that you have to pick. You only have to pick a minimum of two, a maximum of five. And guess what? If you score, and uh, again, if you score more or less based on what you pick, based on the prize picks projection, you could win up to 10 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you against the prize picks projection. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Any sport, again, NFL, college football, all things 
uh, open, safe, and fast withdrawals. They're currently operational in over 30 states in Canada. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports today. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match of up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PrizePix is going to give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Don't forget to use the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, guys, we are back with you on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Thanks for being with us after a disappointing day in Detroit, and thanks for making us your first listen and your first view each and every day. All right, so for my offensive takeaways, here we go. Listen, uh, the second half, again, was much better. Um, We'll get to that in a sec. The pass protection in the first half and Carson Wentz, to some degree, were absolutely brutal. They were ambushed. Uh, multiple sacks. I think the Lions had four sacks and an intentional grounding uh, in the first half. Carson Wentz didn't have a lot of time, but he had more time than fans are going to want to blame him, at least in my initial viewing of the game. Uh, Maybe I'll feel a little bit differently when I go back and break it all down, but the bottom line is, is he didn't have a lot of time, but I think he had a little bit more time uh, than probably most fans are going to want to assign blame for him. Uh, I didn't love the game plan by Scott Turner. Uh, There weren't enough running, wasn't enough screens. Really wasn't much of any uh, short counter. They tried to run their full offense in the first half. They couldn't protect. They couldn't couldn't do anything. And that was one of my, I guess, big uh, points that I I was confident in, that Scott Turner was going to screen the Lions to death to try and counter that aggressive pass rush. And he didn't. That was very, very, very disappointing. Detroit, again, sacked Wentz five times overall, plus an intentional grounding, uh, which I count in the end zone. Uh, I'm sorry, an intentional grounding. One of the sacks was a safety. So, of course, it cost two points, and it led to a disaster on special teams. Um, So, to me, I count it basically as six sacks. Aiden Hutchinson, the number two overall pick, had three sacks for a loss of 15 yards. It was Charles Leno. It was Sam Cosme. It was stunts and twists up the middle. It was everything. Now, the pass protection got way better in the second half, and therefore, go figure, the offense was a lot better. The comeback attempt was nice. Jahan Dotson is the real deal. I think we all know that. Look at the route he ran and the move he made on the inside corner, the slot corner, for his one-yard touchdown. You're going to love it. If you weren't paying close attention, man, what shake and bake. Oh, that was so good. And he went up and climbed the ladder a little bit. Jahan Dotson is the real deal now. Three touchdowns in two games for the rookie out of Penn State. Four catches for 59 yards on five targets, including a 40-yard catch as well. That keyed the first drive of the third quarter, which is where the commanders actually woke up on offense. The Manders also had uh, a neat-looking H-back wing jet sweep, fourth down and deep in their own territory. Conversion to Terry McLaurin. Love the play design. Love the play call. Uh, it was pretty bold and aggressive and gutsy for Ron Rivera to do it. Uh, and that you know, of course, is similar to Ron Rivera's style. They don't comb the riverboat for no reason. 
Also love the beautiful wheel route touchdown out of the backfield and the protection on the right side for Curtis Samuel, who took a pop right after crossing the goal line. It was just not enough to overcome. All right, let's quickly go through the defensive takeaways. Again, this was the most gnarly part of the game. Excuse the term. It was the commander's defense. I mean, the only way we could say it is just brutal in too many spots. They were carved and shredded uh, like a, a brick of mozzarella uh, with the grater, right? Everybody knows what that is. But listen, they forced a field goal early. They also held on first and goal inside the 10 on a fourth down incomplete. Those two things alone should have been like, hey, we're here to play. Jamin Davis got a big sack on the first third down play of the game. I think it was an 11-yard loss for Jared Goff. And yet, as the game went on, they couldn't cover Amon Ross St. Brown. They couldn't stop um, DeAndre Swift. Jared Goff was on point. And yet, they took away some guys, like TJ Hawkinson. He didn't hurt them. Um and yet the Lions were able to dictate and dominate while missing their starting Pro Bowl center in Frank Ragno and also their starting left guard. And their right, right guard, who was expected to start, has already been out. So they were missing basically their entire interior offensive line. They gave up big play after big play after big play. The 49-yarder against Benjamin St. Just and William Jackson III for Amon Ross St. Brown, which led to, I think, a field goal. Um, the touchdown by ASB against William Jackson, the third, the Deandre Swift touchdown catch and run that we kind of mentioned, uh, earlier, a huge 50 yard run again by Swift early in the game, almost untouched. Look, Jamin Davis played pretty well on first check. Uh, again, I mentioned the sack on third down early, a couple of passes defended one in the end zone. All right. Maybe he would have been beat with a better throw, but he was there. Uh, one away from the play on a, on the first and goal stop. It actually came on second down. And then on, uh, actually, I'm sorry, he had a, a run stop on second down. And then on third down, he was part of the coverage on the opposite side of the field to take away uh, a, a route combination and a pick and a rub by the Detroit line. So I thought Jamin Davis on first glance played pretty darn well, pretty darn well, and a nice comeback for him. Unfortunately, the secondary, for the most part, was dreadful. Just dreadful. And that was only matched by the special teams, which were brutal in every way. Joey Sly missed an extra pointer. They gave up a long 52-yard punt uh, or return on the free kick after the safety. Another kickoff short, well short of the 20 that didn't have to be returned. A couple of other kickoffs short of the 20 and the 25, which has been a problem all preseason. If you've been with us, we're the only ones paying attention. So the special teams, again, just dreadful in every way. All right, we're going to give out some game balls coming up here, guys, uh, and also some guys that need to step it up. And I think you're going to kind of know uh, where we're going with that. Following a commander's loss, quite honestly, to the Detroit Lions, that there's, listen, there's no embarrassment, in my opinion, losing to the Lions. The way you kind of lost, even though you fought back, which is a good sign, with the Philadelphia Eagles coming into FedEx Field next, it's a good sign that you fought back, but you cannot perform. Like, it's one thing to lose a game, right? You know, you go toe-to-toe -to -toe with a team. You go back and forth with a team, and it, it, they just have one more possession. They make one more play. Fine. That, that's understandable. They get paid, too. They're good, to, or they have the potential to be good. That's not what type the, the type of loss this was. That's the problem. 
that's not what this loss really represented. And if you think that's what we're talking about, then you and I have to go to the eye doctor because you're watching a very, very different game than me. Maybe it's me, but maybe it's you. 36-27, the final game balls coming up. Uh, and who needs to step it up as the Washington Commanders return home for the Philadelphia Eagles in week three at FedEx Field? That's coming up next right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. But first, we tell you about our friends at Turo. Turo, what are they? They're the world's largest car sharing marketplace. That's right, car sharing. With Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. You know, one time I tried to, uh, before I knew about Turo, I tried to rent a car at the Orlando International Airport. My flight was delayed in getting in. I didn't get in until about 1.30 in the morning. Maybe it was 2 o'clock in the morning. I sat in a car rental line for three and a half hours. Three and a half hours to get my car. And then got charged almost $1,000 for five days. How about that? Well, with Turo, that experience is not going to happen. Why? Because, again, you can book any car you want, anywhere you want it from. Uh, again, from our community of local hosts, you browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the U.S., Canada, and the U.K. What you want to do is you can uh, maybe book a spacious SUV for the family or a minivan or a classic a luxury car for a special event, a birthday or a holiday. Maybe David is going to do that later on this week when it is his birthday. Test drive that new new electric vehicle that you've had your eye on to see how it fits into your everyday life and whether it can be your mode of transportation. Many Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by uh, ad li uh, by liability insurance, I should say. Terms and conditions and exclusions apply. Again, ditch the boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. That's T-U-R-O, Turo.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we close out shop on the Locked On Commanders podcast. And again, this episode going to serve as our full Monday episode as well. Uh, David is scheduled to come back uh, with a solo episode uh, for Monday night into Tuesday. The Washington Commanders lose 36-27 in Detroit. Mold in Motown is our subtitle heading and our headline for the day. They will host the Philadelphia Eagles Sunday afternoon at FedEx Field in week three. The Eagles playing on Monday night against Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. All right, so uh, let's do this. Game balls and then some guys that need to step it up uh, as we wrap up shop. All right, so Jahan Dotson, as we mentioned, uh, again, a 40-yard catch. Um, to ignite the rally, if you will, on the first drive of the third quarter. The one-yard touchdown catch, you are never going to see a prettier one-yard uh, touchdown catch in your life. Uh, not so much the catch itself, but the route, the get-off, the shake and bake, the move that he makes on the inside slot corner and then goes up and climbs the ladder and snatches it over another defender. Oh, my. Oh, my, is Jahan Dotson. So far through two games, everything 
everything that the commanders could have hoped for, wanted, loved, saw, and that all the analysts in the NFL draft community missed because he didn't play with a great quarterback and because he's small and diminutive. Doesn't mean he can't shake you. There's plenty of guys that aren't 6'4", 220 guys that know how to run routes and know how to catch balls and know how to get open and know how to play bigger than their size. And that's exactly what Jahan Dotson does on almost every catch and so far in two games and in practices and in preseason games that we've seen, they seemingly have struck gold with Jahan Dotson. I don't want to go too crazy, but they, they seem to have hit a home run. Curtis Samuel, as we talked about, you know what? Give Curtis Samuel a lot of credit. He's been very good out of the backfield. They've been using him in so many creative ways. They had uh, a little double pitch reverse. Uh, they ran uh, another kind of, I don't want to say trick play, uh, but it was a little razzle-dazzle, and he turned around the edge and got a big gain out of it, I believe about 11 or 12 yards as part of the comeback. And also, he caught the touchdown pass, again, on a wheel route out of the backfield from Carson Wentz on that first drive of the third quarter. Again, the commanders were down big, 22 to nothing at the point. It could have been 25 nothing. It could have been 29 nothing, so on and so forth. But that got the comeback started, and he took a big pop after that right immediately after crossing the goal line. Uh, and I was worried about him for a second because he was down on the ground. But he got up, continued, so that's a good sign. Hopefully nothing comes out of it in terms of soreness or whatever uh, as we go through the week. I guess we'll have to kind of find out uh, on Wednesday. Jamin Davis, as we also chronicled, again, big pass breakup uh, in the end zone. Uh, not a pass breakup, but a pass defense. Maybe he would have been beat with a better throw. I do have to say that, but it counts as a pass defended. He was right there, toe-to-toe, stride-for-stride, uh, and in pretty good position. It was not Travis Etienne blowing past him uh, against uh, Jacksonville or for Jacksonville on the first drive of last week's win. It was not that. It was not that. But again, a better throw may have led to a touchdown, much like the Jacksonville one, but the difference was is Jamin Davis was much closer in coverage and much closer in his assignment. He also had the big sack, as we mentioned on the first uh, series of the game, third down. He almost got home on that horrible third and 15, really over-aggressive, reckless call from Jack Del Rio on the double blitz of he and Cole Holcomb. Uh, again, like the aggressiveness, but I thought it was too aggressive considering third and 15 from the 22-yard line of Washington, and it left you with no linebackers and all sorts of space in the middle of the field. But I thought... Overall, Jamin Davis was pretty good. Again, first glance. Maybe I'll see stuff I didn't like or I didn't remember or I didn't like. I had to do a lot of radio during the game, the entire second half uh, of the game for the Team 980 and 106.7 The Fan in D.C. as part of our game day coverage. So maybe I missed something uh, that I'll find when I pick through the tape uh, throughout the week. But for right now, I'm going to go with Jamin Davis as a game ball, along with Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel. Sure, there were others. I mean, Terry McLaurin uh, played an integral role in the second half. Carson Wentz, you can certainly make an argument, made the big comeback through some absolute seeds. There is no denying that the Washington Commanders are never out of a game with Carson Wentz. Never, ever, ever out of a game because he's got an absolute rifle. And he makes so many things look easy. I didn't love the one trick play that they ran uh, we'll get into that during the week, uh, hopefully as time allows, uh, but that's okay. The secondary uh, is just 
right now, again, the biggest Achilles heel, and there are many on defense for the Washington Commanders. So these players and these groups need to step it up as we head towards week three. The secondary, again, is way too up and down. They'll make some plays. Kendall Fuller made a couple of plays, again, in the end zone in pass coverage, one of which he may have gotten away with on a drop that looked like he got a finger on it. That's what the TV broadcast said. I thought it was a drop in real time. Uh, some people were split on it. I don't know. Maybe I can blow it up and find out for sure whether they got a hand on it or not. I'll kind of give them credit now and maybe say – I. Thought live, it was a drop, but whatever. But even though he made a couple of plays in the end zone, or at least you know assisted, and he did make one on the first and goal stop, right? Uh, and well, the, it was actually on fourth down. Kendall Fuller also gave up a touchdown to Amon Ross St. Brown, right later in the fourth quarter, and also I thought took a bad angle on the uh, DeAndre Swift fifty-yard touchdown run. Um. Others thought it was William Jackson the third, whatever. I mean, it, maybe it was both. I don't know. Uh, but Kendall Fuller, to me, still too up and down. William Jackson the third has been not very good uh, at all, period. And Benjamin St. Just was up and down. Again, had the miscommunication with WJ3 early on the 49-yard catch and run from by, by Amon Ra St. Brown. Uh, William Jackson the third got beat on a touchdown by Amon Ra. Um Again, Benjamin St. Just had the one third down pass defense, but also gave up plenty of action. Uh, and again, is still learning how to play inside the slot. And I think Detroit lined up ASB a little bit differently in this game, a little bit more outside it seemed than he did against the Philadelphia Eagles. Maybe I saw that wrong, but that's my initial uh, glance. Charles Leno and Sam Cosme weren't very good either, especially in the first half. Now, it got a lot better as the game went along. They made some adjustments. They were better in pass protection. It helped that Aiden Hutchinson was really banged up. He had to go off into the locker room for a little while, came back, clearly wasn't the same. First half was brutal. Uh, again, the commanders gave up, uh, what was it, five sacks and an intentional grounding, which essentially counts as six sacks for me. Uh, not everybody counts it that way. I do. It's a loss of down. It's the yardage. It's basically a sack. That's, I mean, that's why you ground. That's why you're called for intentional grounding. You're trying to avoid a sack. So it's penalized basically as a sack. All right. So, um, but they did get better in the second half. And then Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne. I know Jonathan Allen's not healthy, but they got whipped on the big swift run, especially Deron Payne got totally shoved out of his gap and nobody touched DeAndre Swift. And on one drive, Detroit just kept hammering it between the tackles and going at them and wearing them down and popping them right up the middle and between the tackles uh, three or four times they creased them on that particular drive before finishing it off uh, via the pass. Uh, just way too much. I know they're playing too much. I know J.A. is banged up, but come on, man. Uh, at times, Deron Payne played okay today, at times, but they need more, especially with no Fedarian Mathis. Now Daniel Wise has an ankle. He was ruled out early in this game. Casey Tuhill was banged up early in this game as well with a concussion, did not return. And the worst news may be late in the game, in case you had tuned out already, Chase Roulier injured his leg and was seen in the locker room by reporters with crutches and his leg wrapped. No Cam Curl, no Wes Schweitzer today uh, in Detroit on the active inactive list. We'll see about their status moving forward.
All right, guys, that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked On Commanders podcast. Thanks for making LOC your first listen and first view of the day. Now make your second listen and watch the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. It's birthday week on LOC, so David will be up next solo, and then I'm back with you middle of the week, including a crossover Thursday edition. If you want to hop in, it's 301-615-3577. That's 301-615-3577 on the voicemail line or locked on Washington Commanders at gmail.com. Again, for David Harrison, who's on special assignment in New Orleans and covering the Washington Commanders for SI.com's Fan Nation and Commander Country, I'm Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Her Show on the Team 980, the Odyssey app. If you're out and about, please be safe. Be kind to one another. Don't you dare drive like a maniac. Don't cut me off. I'm get mad when you recklessly cut me off. I don't like recklessness. And thank you for joining us right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.